Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Air It Out podcast. This is episode 10. I know you guys deeply missed us last week. Unfortunately, we had to take a breather, but I'm back. Jolan, you're back. Welcome back to the show. Another fun and exciting episode. In the saddle, pony up. Absolutely. We have so much to talk about today. And what do we have to talk about? We have live sports that's going on right now. Yes, I repeat, we have live sports. It's a very exciting time to be a fan of just about any sport, unless you're the NFL, then you're sitting there uh, biting your fingernails at this point. But we're going to wait and see on them and see what they do, and we'll get to them later in the show. But, Jolan, I want to start with the MLB, and the MLB is back, but we might be headed for another shutdown in the league. This is something that... We're seeing other leagues have success with, which is a bubble. Here we are, Miami Marlins, no surprise, comes from Florida. They have it at over 15 players. I believe it's somewhere upwards of 18 players have tested positive. And staff. Correct. While the Phillies have had a few, a, a little bit, and the Cardinals are starting to see positive results now, it is being reported that the Marlins were seen out in Atlanta when they were down there. It's that now, Miami nightlife, bro. They can't get rid of it. Well, they were in Atlanta when this happened, oh. and St. Louis was out at a casino. Oh. This And this is, what, this is what I've said from day one. You cannot have a league where only 28 teams buy in. Everybody has to buy into the, to the success of this season. We cannot have teams just doing what they want. You can't have teams going to bars. You can't have teams going to casinos. It's just not smart right now. And if you're Miami, you're in the epicenter of the virus. What in God's green earth are you doing? I have no clue. Regardless, let's get to some on-the-field stuff. The Mets, ay ay ay. You know what? I warned everybody when we, when we were talking highly of the Mets. I said, you know what? Everybody gets excited before the season, including myself. And then they just let you down. They've been god-awful to start this season, They've by the way. That. Number one, they won on opening day, which correctly do. predicted, but they, they always do. They've won 39 of their last 51 on opening day. But man, oh man, Edwin Diaz must leave New York. They need to stick him on the busiest highway so he sits in traffic, and he needs to pay the <laughs> highest toll anybody's ever paid to get out of New York. He needs a one-way ticket out of here and... Edwin Diaz has been in New York for two seasons. He's been in 69 games, and he has a 5.67 ERA. You heard that right, 5.67. That that should be oh man, that should be impossible. And the other stat I saw is Edwin Diaz pitching on back-to-back days. Because let's not forget his first blown season of, of the it. 2020 season happened the day after opening day because they brought him back. His Stats on back-to-back days. Number one, he's never had back-to-back saves in, in consecutive games. And number two, his ERA on that second day is 13.5. That's even worse when you factor in who's pitching before him in the best of all time, usually in DeGrom or somebody. Noah Syndergaard has been there. Matt has even put out good outings where he set him up to be in good positions. And the fact that he can't close these games is literally costing the Mets and the Mets fans a deep run in the postseason, I believe. I believe he's put up... He's allowed, excuse me, 37 runs in the ninth inning or later. That's embarrassing. That's That's, bad. Listen, the dude's got electric stuff. Clearly, he can't pitch on back-to-back days, though. So why why are you putting him out there? I don't know. Do you want to torture yourself? Do you have gluttony for punishment? 
I don't know. As a Met fan, it seems like you have a gluttony for punishment because you still root for the team. Although everybody says, you know, being a Mets fan builds character. But listen, man, my character's being tested. And I got to tell you, Marcus Stroman can't come back early enough. Rick Porcello, Michael Waka, and Dylan Patances right now all have, all combined, I believe, they have a 10.5 ERA. That's what's so frustrating about this team is because when healthy and when, when present and when playing their best baseball, this could easily be the best team in the MLB and the Yankees, obviously, Dodgers. They would compete with them. I could be 100% certain in that. Stroman's best stuff was amazing. Even Diaz. Diaz has it somewhere in him to be amazing. You see his first three seasons coming into the league. Like He's posted two ERAs. He's posted the three ERA. So why can't he do it in New York? I don't know. And and I got to call out a guy that, that was the face of the Mets last year, and he's been really quiet this year, and that's Pete Alonso. He's got to show up for this team. Okay. He has not been there early on. But, it again, is. it's early on. Correct. No, no but it's 60 really, games. Like, it's 60 games. You got to be here you, now. You got to get going here. And if – Here's the good news. If Pete Alonso gets going, he's going to stay hot. Like that's just that's just the way it is. Just and it's when. a short season, so he'll he'll probably stay hot through most of the season. Was, it's just when. His counterpart Aaron Judge has been terrific. And when we say counterpart, the two faces of New York right now. When you look at like running backs like Le'Veon and Saquon, they get always compared. And now it's Judge and Alonso. It's going to go on for decades. Judge is homered in his last four straight games. And he's been super hot. The Yankees six and one. Judge twenty seven at bats. Um, four home runs already and nine RBIs to start the season. You can't ask for much more out of your star. Yeah, and I mean, this is what we talked about when we talked about the MLB season is on paper, the Yankees have the best team. The Dodgers. Yankees, I think Dodgers still, I, but... Right, at least in the AL. Yeah, uh, chemistry-wise, of course, the Yankees. The Yankees have the best roster up and down and the best team in the AL, without a doubt. And Aaron Judge is showing you. Listen, I don't like how sensitive Yankee fans are getting about the whole Judge and Alonzo thing and... You know, they, you know, grow up a little bit. You know, it, it, no, nobody's saying long – you know, again, what people were saying is, is Aaron Judge cannot stay healthy enough to be the face of New York. To, to their defense, the Yankees fans' defense, it's always going to be crap talking. If Alonzo was up right now, I'd be bunting my mouth. I understand. I'd be bunting my mouth. And it's the Mets. Like, anything good that comes out of the Mets, you always try to shun your – Especially uh, our close brother. Yankees fans, it's good to get jabs at them. Yeah, you try to you try to shut down your younger brother all the time. That's just how that's just how it is. But lastly, th- lastly about baseball, boy, do the Dodgers look good. Oh yeah, Mookie Betts looks good in a Dodgers uniform. Did you see that gun down a third when he took it? I think the ball went went out to foul, but it was fair. And Mookie guns it from like almost side warning track and beams this guy at third. At third base, it would that's got to be one of the best throws I've seen. Cespedes used to do that back in back in Oakland. One healthy, I think he yeah I think he used to do it with uh, with the he maybe did one or two with the Mets, but that was just unbelievable. And the and the Dodgers look really good right now and. You know, those two teams, the Yankees and the Dodgers, seem to be on a crash course. If, if you know, you held a gun up to my head today and said, you must pick, because those are the teams I pick. And those are the teams that I did pick back when we picked our World Series prediction. I'm trying to think of a good comparison right now to who Mookie is and how much the Red Sox lost. I'm thinking, like, Ichiro. Maybe like, that gun. That, that's a fast. Oh yeah, no. Ichiro used to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Guns, without like, a doubt. I don't know what the Red Sox are thinking. Mookie's Man, next ba- level. Boston is upset right now, and they're so upset that they lost Mookie Barstow that they won't Jared sign Hurt. him. 
I've got people texting me that are Boston fans. My buddy Cam is they, real hurt. They started texting me and they're like, why do players make this much money? And I'm like, okay, you're just upset that Mookie isn't yours. Um, another side note, Dodgers, Joe Kelly, the new national hero. Yeah, you know, again, it's this is this is something controversial, I, but he's a national hero. This is something I could have told you was happening. It's just listen, the game base what what happened during the cheating scandal and what transpired in terms of suspensions? This was bound to happen, but it, you also have to know you're going to get suspended, okay? And if you're willing to take that risk, then then so be it. But my problem is the MLB protects these guys and then puts a target over their head, and then they suspend Joe Kelly for eight games, which is eight times the amount of games any of them got, which puts another target over their head. You're going to expect these guys to get thrown at, and honestly, it's in Manfred's best interest to suspend them for a few before they get killed. Not Maybe, maybe literally, honestly, aiming for the head. Yeah, I don't know how retroactive... I don't know how you can retroactive those suspensions. But again... But think about that on principle alone. You are trying to throw at a guy's head who, yes, cheated, but through no fault of his own, was not suspended, right? So you're throwing at a guy's head for what the league did not do, which... I know what you mean. He didn't hit him. I know what, you, I know right, what you're saying. Right, right. Did, like, you're playing listen, morally, remember, morally high. He did not hit him, which is, thank God, okay? Like, let's just put it out that way. But, but again... Anybody that says, well, he didn't hit him, so you don't really know intention. No, 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 no. Anytime a pitch comes near the Astros, we know intention. Especially it's, above it's the shoulders. Clear. Especially above the Absolutely. shoulders. And, you know, again, whether you agree or disagree with the Astros, whether you hate them, love them, whatever, you cannot throw at guys' heads. It's just – that's just the way baseball is. It can't get to that point because, again, you're going to start risking health and safety – the, the Astros might file a grievance against the league if they stop suspending guys like that. You know, now now the Astros end up making money from their cheating scandal for getting thrown at. So, listen, while Joe Kelly, I'm sh- he's upset. He was a part of the Red Sox team, by the way, that cheated. And they got revenge. They Correct. Win. Correct. So, but at the end of the day, I understand it, but you can't throw, you can't throw at these guys – because the league is clearly going to take their side and, and punishing them for what the league did not do, it, that's a hard thing for me to, to, to get behind. And I'm not condoning throwing at a player, but if you are, handle it like the Angels. Hit Altuve in the ribs and then got him out at second. It's yeah. perfect. Yeah, that, that he did, by the way, that was a spectacular throw from their catcher. Whoever, oh, yeah. Whoever that catcher is. But uh, moving on, we're going to get to a league whose plan actually is working. So just, just to go back for a second, Major League Baseball – Rob Manfred said to Tony Clark and the Players Association, if you can't get a handle on this, we may cancel the season. So just understand that's where baseball is at. To a team, to a league, excuse me, that doesn't seem to be thinking about canceling anything, that's the NBA down in Orlando, Florida. Jolan, I watched opening night uh, with the Jazz Pelicans game and then the Lakers Clippers game. I loved every minute of it. LeBron down the stretch in that Clippers game was fantastic, but you continue. Except for Zion sitting the last few minutes of the Jazz game. We'll 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 talk talk about about that that a little bit. Um, Other than that, I love the crowd noise to kind of make it feel like a home game. 
I love the virtual fans. It's really cool. Chris Paul's son was on one of those while the Thunder was playing. That's awesome. You know, Chris Bosh was in there for when uh, the Legends. Lakers were playing. It's really cool, and I think they're doing a good job so far. Again, they're doing the best they can. You you mentioned LeBron, and, and this is, you know, we talked in extent a few episodes ago about what what teams we're going to get, what, uh, what LeBron we're going to get, and I think... We've seen a different LeBron. He hasn't really found it shooting-wise. His max is 20 points that he scored against the Raptors. Now he's only played two games. But what we've seen him do is A, get in a shooting groove late against the Raptors. And we've seen him play defense like we may have never seen before. Because while he scored the the game-winning bucket against the Clippers, what's also going to be forgotten by, by the general public is that for the last 12 second, 12.8 seconds in that game, he locked down not only Kawhi Leonard, but Paul George as well to force an ugly shot there at the end by Paul George. And, and the Lakers take home the And I'm victory. pretty sure he hit the go-ahead bucket before that, no? Yeah. yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. That's like, serious? he'll be known for that. Mm-hmm. He'll be known for that runner that he misses and then he gets his own rebound. And, and that's the offensive side of it. But the defensive side of it has been what's impressed me. And I think what we're seeing from the Lakers right now is I think LeBron's taking a backseat offensively. And he's kind of saying, hey, we got to get these guys in a rhythm. There's no Avery Bradley. we got to find a way to get the pieces involved. Kyle Kuzma is concerning me highly. But AD had 34 points against the Clippers. He looked great. Uh, and it wasn't so great against the Raptors. But the Raptors looked really good. But regardless, I think LeBron. I think we're seeing a different LeBron right now. But he's still playing at an extremely high level. I got to make two points about the Lakers right now. And the first one is I got to bite my tongue when it comes to either hyping LeBron up too soon or criticizing LeBron too soon. Because last episode I had said count the Lakers out, and that's just not true. And the second point leads off the first is you can't count the, the Lakers out because of how well LeBron's developed his game. You got to remember, year one LeBron was at least forty pounds heavier. Slashing to the basket, making plays like Zion's doing kind of now. LeBron has perfected the mid-range, almost a three-pointer. He's perfected facilitating. He's perfected getting his team better to the point where, like you had pointed out, AD could score 34, and then LeBron could take over in the fourth quarter. Situations like that are going to be um, what the Lakers plan off of, and it's going to help them win a title if need be, because they're going to need LeBron down the stretch, of course. Yeah, and I think this little this little period of seeding games, again, for them, they had a chance to wrap up the one seed against the Raptors. They lost, so they did not do that. But I want to see LeBron balance this a little bit better, and, and, and I want to see him in stretches take over, and I think that's what we saw late against the Raptors, is he just decided offensively, I'm going to take over. That's just the way it's going to be. So... I want to see more from him offensively, but I, I like that he's trying to get everybody involved, everybody in a rhythm, because those are the guys that struggle the most on the road. So from, from that LeBron conversation, transitioning to the Raptors, to our point a few episodes ago, we had said that don't count out the Raptors because of their championship hangover, or rather mentality, they're, they're fresh off a title. The Raptors, and LeBron even said it, could easily make a stretch down the road. Like, easily. They're, they're down in Florida right now, no traveling. They're far from home, but make like make no mistake about it, these guys can win. Yeah, and they have, I believe they're they're either have the same record or they're a game better than where they were last year with Kawhi Leonard last year. Well, Kawhi last season in particular, Correct. last season sat a bunch. Yeah, so, uh, but regardless, they've done an excellent job. Nick Nurse is a t- 
terrific coach. There's not enough great. There's not enough great adjectives to say about him. When you're moving on from Casey, though, you better get a good hire. Absolutely, yeah. No, you fired Dwayne Casey after he, you know, won 50 games every year for like what felt like 10 years. Regardless, I, the Raptors again. They they are there in the East. You know, again, I have questions about who guards Giannis and all that stuff, but you cannot count out the heart of a champion. And what we saw from Kyle Lowry against the Lakers was just. It's just a guy in the park that, that just wants it more than everybody else. And we'll see how much he can carry that going in to next game and all that kind of stuff. But I want to talk about somebody who's still not here, and that's for the Clippers, and it's Lou Williams. And Lou Williams, if, if you don't know the story, he was he left the bubble for, I believe, his brother's funeral. Yes. So he left for a personal family Which matter. no one's arguing that. Absolutely. Take care no, of your family. Be with your no family. No doubt. Go home. And... He decided while he was home, he wanted to stop at Magic City. Or on the way back to the bubble, rather. Correct. On the, on the way back, well, you know, while, while he was still there, he decided to stop at Magic City. Now, Magic City is a restaurant and strip club. And Lou Will has wings named after him in the establishment, which is kind of cool, actually. You can tell he spends money. When you think about <laughs> it. Well, he got caught on Snapchat and Instagram, I believe, and there's all these pictures surfacing of Lou Williams. Well, then Lou Williams comes back to the bubble. So now Lou Williams is facing discipline from the league for breaking protocol. And this is what I want to see in the MLB. I want to see dudes that break protocol fined. I want to see them suspended. Now, Lou Williams didn't get fined, but he had to serve a 10-day quarantine as opposed to Zion, who came back and only had a four-day quarantine. He was forced... A 10-day quarantine, so he missed a Laker game, and he missed the game against the Pelicans. So, he again, costing, him team, costing his team a couple games. Now, they beat the Pelicans, so that's that's fine and whatever. But, it, but again, just, just nonsense to me. Now, Zion, this bubble was made for Zion. Oh, yeah. And we are seeing the Pelicans say, we are more invested in our future. It's, it's unbelievably fascinating. I'm sure Adam Silver has tried to call their line a hundred times in the past... 72 hours and and they're not and they're not responding so i to me it's very interesting that zion's not at least 18 to 20 minutes i don't know why he's still at like 14 or so and for all the listeners that don't know the pelicans have zion on a 15 minute per night minute restriction yeah it's kind of he was balling in those 15 minutes to the point where when they were down four points i think down the stretch with two minutes to go, you should have one of your best players on the floor. Yeah, I mean that's why they that's why they lost the Jazz game. He just he wasn't in the game mm-hmm. at that at that moment in time. So, and they lost by two. I, if you're going to tell me Zion could have a two point impact, yeah, I'll take that and run that to the now bank. Now let me ask you something. Do you think it's to the fact of like, oh, he's more heavy set? Let's watch his knees. Let's lower his minutes. Or the Pelicans tapping out? We're done for this season. We're not going to make the eighth spot. Let's pack it up and go home out of this bubble. Let's t- make our guys healthy. See, I don't think they're tapping out. I think they're just saying we're we want Zion for the future, and we're not willing to risk him in a in and a twenty two make game. up league almost right. And yeah, in a sense. So, I I kind of I'd love to see him. Everybody would love to see him. Oh yeah. But I applaud them for for sticking to their guns and and going in the right direction. Like I think the difference between like why everyone wants Zion on the court as opposed to watching the greats like LeBron and like. The guys we're used to seeing, like James Harden's been balling out in the bubble, is the difference between we've seen so many teams be great for so long that we're getting like fatigued almost. Like when you watch the Spurs, 
that team was boring. At the end of that run, we're like, all right, whatever, it's over. None of us really cared. I, I think, like, with the that we don't care about LeBron, but we're almost fatigued watching him. So now a new face, like, a type of guy that has the excitement around him. You see guys like Luca, guys like Trey, guys like Zion. That's going to drive more TV ratings right now, I think. Yeah, and Zion's just, he's got that ability. He's got that leaping ability, that athletic ability. He's just that's, different. That's just scary. And again, I think this is this is the best the league could have hoped for to start. That Now, from what I understand, there are zero positive tests. What you still have to look out for is the guys that came back into the bubble because the incubation period for the virus is 2 to 14 days. So as long as they clear that... Jolan, that place is on lockdown, as far as I understand. And silver we trust. That place is in lockdown, so I would anticipate something good. Now, I got a little bit of breaking news for you, going back to baseball. The New York Mets cannot locate Ioannis Cespedes. Uh-oh. I'll repeat that again. The New York Mets cannot locate Ioannis Cespedes. Look on his ranch. He is. The team has tried to contact him, and he did not report for Sunday's game. So just absolute trouble in paradise if you're the New York Mets. So I I just can't. What a horrible trade that's going to end up being. One of the worst ever in the recent decade, at least. And and a guy who he hit a home run on opening day. He hit a home run, I believe. You saw glimpses. The third game or so. And then just faded. Like this whole team did. So that's just a little bit of breaking news for you. Uh, We're going to move into the NHL. Another bubble. Listen, they said, screw the United States. We're going to hell to Canada. And don't don't ask us. We might not come back. So they're in Canada. They look the best out of any league, by the way. um, Everything around the stadium. How they've done it with the tarps and everything on the seats. It's looked really, really impressive. They started August 1st with their postseason. A little bit different. I think it's a league that that needs more fans, so they're jumping into the postseason quicker, doing a little bit more fun. And with their it. season was almost wrapped to begin with. Absolutely, they just they didn't need it as much as the NBA needed to finish their regular season. So, uh, Joel, I know you got some scores. I know we got. I, this is just exciting. I'm like a kid in a candy store right now. This is unreal to see all these live sports come back, everything kind of come back. So the NHL, I believe, had a very successful day one. Um, yeah, so yesterday's scores, the Rangers lost to the Hurricanes 2-3. to three. The Blackhawks beat the Oilers 6-4. to four. Panthers dropped a game to the Islanders 2-1. to one. Um, Canadians beat the Penguins 3-2. to two. Uh, The Jets uh, lost to the Flames 1-4. to four. In today's games, you have uh, Coyotes versus Predators, Flyers versus Bruins, Blues versus Avalanche. Blue Jackets versus the Maple Leafs, Wild versus the Canucks. Obviously, the the bigger playoff, more games today. Absolutely. And, and again, we're just going to keep rolling out games. So just understand those will change as they, as they go along. And final note on the NHL, I hope you're watching NFL. Let's put it that way. And let's move into the NFL where training camp is open for all teams since their COVID plans were accepted by the league and approved uh, once they were reviewed. Now, Jolan, we, we, the big thing out of the NFL that we've seen is opt-outs. And, and again, we've said this, I believe, the last three episodes. We will never be upset at a player who opts out. They need to do it for their family. Um, let me just say something about opting out. Obviously, we won't care. But another thing is the teams that has the least amount of opt-outs, the teams that are on the brink, like the teams that are like usually 8, 9, 10, 
down the end of the road. Look for them to make big runs. Fantasy players, things like that. Those teams can now make a big, big leap to the top of the, the league, honestly, if they have the most players available. Yeah, and it's it's going to be fascinating. And again, there's no way to predict who is. Now, what I will tell you is, is what's going on in the NFL is the league wants a definitive end to the opt-out window. Because right now, it's supposed to be a week after the new CBA goes into place. The new CBA has yet to be signed. So there is no telling when that week will be. You could, look, owners, you could look around second week of August usually. The owners are pushing for this coming week. They are pushing for this coming week. Because again, they just want they just want to know who's going to be available. We're already in August. We we're almost a month from the season already. They've had months to do this. Though. This is unreal. I that that is something we harped on last episode, mm-hmm. and I'm so t- I'm so sick of the NFL at it. And again, I love football. That's that's Me my football. that's my go to. But guys, the reason we're in this pandemic, in the terrible spot we are, is because we were not even close to being prepared enough for something like this to happen. How the NFL went from March until July and needed a player's social media movement, I'll never know. It's really fascinating. So the NFL, again, we got some opt-outs. The Giants, Nate Solder opted out. Which is good for us. I'm ready for Matt Pert. I'm ready for Andrew Thomas. And Solder has kids. He has a family. Watch but out for them. Yeah, it's great for him. I believe this, I believe this, one of his kids did have cancer. So oh. he, he definitely needed to... To attend to take that the higher with, road, with more important a, things than football, without a doubt, and they get a stipend. I believe it's around 150k, and their salaries won't count against it, against the salary cap. Excuse me, and you know, for the Giants, uh, where I was right, they brought Marks Golden back. He is the first defensive end that double digit sacks last year. Only guy on the team. You got to bring him back. Absolutely, he was under that. I believe. I what is it? A some tender that after training camp starts. He his rights are only to the Giants. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we got pretty lucky that nobody signed him, and that you couldn't visit with teams during a global pandemic. So, uh, you know what, the Giants will take it. I will note that in a regular offseason, there would definitely been a suitor for him. Yeah, he would have been signed, no doubt. Let's move into some other talk. Patrick Mahomes. I mean, the dude made half a billion dollars over the, over the past couple of weeks. And invested in a local baseball team around the corner. You know, casual business. Right. He becomes the youngest owner in all of sports now. Uh, that is that is technically the youngest owner in all of sports is Serena Williams' two-year-old daughter. Uh, technically. One that could have a say in the organization. Correct. Patrick Mahomes is the youngest in one that has the cognitive abilities to do anything related to the team. Let's put it that way. But he's got a brand new contract. He's going to be there for the next 12 years. He's looking at, could max out, I believe, at $507 million. Now with the new Royals royalties, I know it's tongue twister, this guy's going to be worth a billion dollars by the time he This guy's going to make so much money, but... First billionaire in Missouri, I'll just read it. What he did not do is top the player rankings, and he came in at number four, and Lamar Jackson came in at number one, and I see the look on your face and the look on my face when I heard it was the same, and now this is voted on by the players. 
which is even more of a head-scratcher. Patrick Mahomes, to me, is number one by far. And if you're not going to make him number one, he better be ahead of Lamar Jackson because he's been better than Lamar Jackson, period. I think it's it's a testament to how much people like Lamar Jackson. He's just a good guy. Like, his success, you root for. Patrick Mahomes, one of those things, it's like, all right, you got handed a great coach. Now you're a great quarterback. People kind of hate the greats, the really, really greats. Yeah, Lamar Jackson now is good, but he's not so great. People hate him. Like, don't get me wrong. Last year, phenomenal season. And if he can maintain that for five more years, people are going to get sick of it. But Patrick Mahomes for two years has been dominantly great and won a Super Bowl now where people are starting to not like him, I think. Yeah. Lamar Jackson just more popular. It, it's just it, – I don't know. It, it's a head-scratcher to me. It really is. Like, what else, what else does Patrick Mahomes have to do? Like – does he, yeah. You can make that argument for everyone on the top five. What more does Aaron Donald right. have to do? Absolutely. What more does Mike Thomas but have to do? But I will argue to you that number one, quarterback is the, number mo- is the most important position. You win that argument. So there, therefore, you know, you'll eliminate those other guys. And number two, you just look at who's been better between Lamar and Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, Lamar had the year last year. But well, I would, postseason, Mahomes I had would, the year last year. I would argue Mahomes' season was just as, if not more... Impressive. The dude had a dislocated knee at one point. He won a Super Bowl MVP. Yeah. It's more impressive. Let's Absolutely. Put it that. Absolutely. And he won, yeah, he won his team a Super Bowl uh, coming back three times from down 10 plus points. That's what goes back to my argument. There's a lot of players on those three teams that bet that vote. Interesting. A lot of them have a sour taste in their mouth. Interesting. So, uh, just a couple quick points in the NFL. I, I think it's going to be fascinating. The, the No preseason this year. Number one, I'm upset because I can usually afford to go to those games. But number two, it kills the bottom tier guys. However, this opt-out of players might actually help them propel them back in. And I'm talking about un- undrafted free agents and, and all these other guys that are at the bottom of these rosters. It, it's going to be fascinating. I'm so excited to see, particularly the Giants, because we're Giants fans. But we have a new head coach that's not getting to see the field. But a guy who seems to have a soundproof plan around everything. He has succession plans for if they get COVID and whatnot, if a GM or head coach or offense coordinator. They have a succession plan for everything. So this is a guy that checks a lot of boxes on the surface. I want to see how it transitions to the season. Finally, somebody in the league that's got a contingency plan somewhere. Finally, who would have thought? I mean, I get takes a note from Bill and Saban, I bet. Like, Un- unreal. And then just last, you know, Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes is going to be their quarterback for the next 12 years. They might have this running back for the next 12 years. Damian Williams did opt out, and, and you remember, he arguably could have won Super Bowl MVP last year. Uh, obviously Probably should he, have. Yeah, but he doesn't play quarterback, so that makes a lot of sense. He has opted out of the season. So what does that mean? Rookie LSU running back Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is going to be the number one guy in KC. He was expected to at least split time with Damian Williams. Now he's going to be number one. Andy Reid compared him to Brian Westbrook. Whoa. You got the right news? Correct. When Brian Westbrook played, I had I had a ton of respect for him I hate because him. he was dominant. I, hate uh, I mean, listen, the, <laughs> the, the Eagles are what the Eagles are. I hate him, but he was great. Back to my correct, point. Correct. So, but Andy Reid knows how to use his running back. So, uh, Clyde Edwards, I hope you're prepared for the NFL season because you're you are going to be the workhorse in fantasy that fantasy players. Listen in. Clyde, yep. he's your guy. Absolutely. You might want to consider picking him up. So that's going to wrap it up for the NFL. You just want to touch on one quick thing that came out uh, recently. Yeah, literally hours ago. Hours ago is 
the Pac-12 is considering sitting the season. Now over 100 players have banded together. And they're looking. They're looking to potentially sit out the season. They wrote a Tribune, by the way. The Tri-Wingo had to weed it out. Correct. They they have. I mean, it's going to be over all platforms. So it's going to be on ESPN. Yeah, Sports but we have to be all that from Wingo. Correct. And there's a lot of demands in there, from what I understand. There's talk about a potential revenue split that is in there. Jolan, this is the. Listen. They're exploiting kids. I told you. I told you. I don't agree. People are going to say this. Even if they're not, they're going to say this. I don't think college football will ever hand over 50% of their profits to the kids. Let's just be completely honest about that. 60-40? Something? (laughs) (laughs) Right, something. However, these these kids, I'm, I'm, I'm so happy to see them band together like this because we're seeing it all across the country. Kids are throwing... Hold on. Let's backtrack. Major League Baseball. We have grown men who can't follow protocol. Lou Williams. We got grown men that can't follow protocol. We expect 18 to 22-year-old kids. Are you kidding me? Who are as famous as these guys in some situations without the money who get favors, basically. Right. They're going to say yes to everything. Right. I just graduated college. There's no way in hell I'd trust a kid that age. Believe me, I wouldn't trust myself. These kids are on campus throwing parties. They're at the beach at, at 700 people parties. Guys, you're going to wreck your season this way. Now, are you taking the risk? Uh, the risk, excuse me. Yes, of course you are. This is where all these demands are coming from. Sure, but how about you be smart enough to show us you can follow protocol first? Number, that's number one. If you could show us you could stop partying, stop going to these parties, stop hosting them, doing whatever, then maybe we can sit down and talk at the table. But until that time, I don't know. I don't I don't believe it. Here's the thing. We're making such crazy demands for 18 to 22-year-olds that it's the better offers to just pull it. Right. Take one year off. Like give these kids another year of eligibility to seniors and pull it off the table entirely or you're going to be blamed for exploiting kids no matter the situation of revenue. Right. And again, you know, I do think there are some things that are that are more difficult, but the the, the partying and stuff, guys, listen. I get it. People like to party. This is this is what some of these guys do. But if you really want a season, you'll give it up for a year. Yeah. You'll oh, give no it doubt, up. But that's You'll give it up for the Who fall. wants it more situation? Absolutely. You can't make these guys give it up, but and, if they do, they're going to win. Right, and we've seen the ACC and the SEC have released what their plans are. They're going to start in early September. They're going to play only conference games, except the ACC is going to play one non-conference game, the contingency being they have to play that within their state. So Virginia can only play an out-of-conference game in the state of Virginia. They cannot travel outside. They have adopted Notre Dame for the year. Notre Dame will be splitting their TV revenue with them. And so And they're eligible for the ACC championship. We will talk more college football, I bet, next episode. But the ACC splitting up thing is still crazy to me because you have a team like Boston College and then a team like Florida State. Yeah. So it, where's the mitigating travel there? You're not going to be able to, and that's the unfortunate part. But you're right. We are going to talk more college football because, listen, decisions are coming fast. They're coming furious. All news. We, we All are news less than a month fast, away furious. from college football, and we are less than a, we're just about a month away from the NFL. So uh, that's going to wrap it up for us today. But we got plenty of college football coming next next episode and further down the road. And we are going to have Drew Lieberman from the sideline hustle 
on the podcast at some point here down the road. Uh, I know he's a busy man, so we're just working on getting that scheduled. Life's busy as COVID. Absolutely. So he's he's always on the grind, though. I, I do know that. So he's not, he's not at 700 people parties. Uh, and that, and that's great. So, but you're gonna want it, you're gonna want to listen to what he has to say, and 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 it's as we get closer to the season, that's gonna be even more fascinating. Him as a football guy. So, as always, we want to hear your support. We want to hear your you know whatever you gotta say about us. You can write to us. Uh, you can you can write to me personally at Gosker fifty six on Twitter and at Goose on the mic. On Instagram, John, where might be, where might the people be able to find you and the podcast? Oh, uh, they can find me on Twitter at Good Old Joel's or on Instagram at Joel and Bioqua, and you can follow us on Twitter at Podcast Air It Out or Instagram at Air It Out Podcast. Any questions, comments, concerns, or compliments, you can reach us there. Goose, take us home. Yeah, this was episode ten. This was a lot of fun. We got live sports back. We're gonna have plenty to talk about here moving forward. We're gonna keep you up to date every week, and we're gonna. We're going to keep it rolling here. So until next time, put it in the books.